This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, four doctors, six secrets, impure blood, and a battle of the TV superheroes. Plus, Gambit's film in jeopardy, BBC loses a star, plus the usual batch of major spoiler stuff and brilliance and junk. Will there be Steven Universe talk? Could we all get peanutized? Is there a better Pink Floyd song than Hey You? Yes. All this and much, much more await because you've come to the place where pop culture is a way of life. So sit back and open your knowledge basket, brah. Because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 643 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Uh, Rodrigo still has no internet at his new place. And I think Ashley's out saving the universe as a superhero in an upcoming movie. So they're out this week. And uh, Zach just got up in a huff and left. So I don't know. So it's just Matthew. Zach. And hey. The new phone books are here. The new fall season <laughs> is upon us. Why are these cans exploding? <laughs> Can you not do that when I'm taking a drink? The new phone books are here. The new fall TV series are, uh, have arrived. And all I uh, need is this chair. A couple this of plant. A couple of new, new shows have uh, already launched. Uh, this hmm. past weekend saw the Doctor Who season nine. Matthew, you had a chance to watch it. How was it? Uh, I really, really enjoyed the premiere of Doctor Who season nine. And I feel like there, there are episodes where you feel a doctor embrace his role. And it happened really early for David Tennant. It happened at the end of the Christmas invasion where he regrew his hand and he looked at the alien leader and he's like, this here's a fighting hand. And it happened to the ninth doctor in The Doctor Dances. And it happened to the 11th doctor, I think, at the point where he was locked in the Panopticon. And then that whole episode with the weird time travel stuff where we saw him before he actually did stuff. And Amy was in it and Rory and River, and I love that. But this, to me, is the episode where the 12th doctor really stepped into himself, where I feel like Capaldi got past the the first season and some of the questionable writing and character decisions that that first season thrust upon them. And I think there are complaints. There are people who are complaining about specific bits uh, like his entrance, which was amazing. And I can definitely see that there are some valid criticisms and it's still not something where I feel like the 12th doctor has reached, you know, peak doctor who quality. It's not like, we're not talking like it wasn't a blink. It wasn't a Genesis of the Daleks. 
But it was well, a good episode. Of it was pretty Solid much the episode. genesis of the of the of the Daleks no. in this. This is an interesting this is the one because of the we we ask this question a lot: is if you had a time machine, do you go back in time and kill Hitler? You know, everybody says that, and, and in this case, the Doctor unknowingly um, saves Davros when he was a kid yeah. before you know the whole Dalek uh, army rose, and then. At the end of Davros's life, he brings the doctor there and he wants to just destroy him for just leaving him in this uh, eye. What is it? What were they called? Eye mines or hand mines or uh, whatever they were? Hand mines. Oh, those that are creepy. Actual, that, that battlefield we have seen before in Genesis of the Daleks, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it was really great to see that and see the callback to, you know, classic oh, even the fourth, fourth doctor was popped up in there, too. Yeah. The hand, all of the doctors did. Uh, the voice, the, the, the voiceover bit yes. where Davros uh-huh. was playing it back. Right, yeah. But the hand mines were creepy. I felt like the entrance was amazing. Oh, uh, did you, where he's writing in on the tank with the guitar stuff. Where he know. writes in on the tank with the yeah. electric guitar. Apparently yeah. Capaldi plays electric guitar. Mm, interesting. From when he was, when he was a kid, he was in a band with Craig Ferguson, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard him talk about that, yeah. Um, yep. And I've. I'm not, I really I'm not, feel I like, like the I like the Missy um Clara mm-hmm. bits. I thought that was really well done and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, this question of uh why are those two friends if they're mortal enemies? I thought was an interesting kind of conversation to bring up. And yeah. uh Missy Missy brings up three facts about the doctor and one of them was uh he was a little girl and she's like, "Well, one of those is not true." And it it's kind of interesting for <laughs> fans who have always wanted a female doctor that right. maybe they're hinting at something to come. And I thought that was, I thought their bits were interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I was not, I, I like the entrance of the doctor, but I thought that bit went on too long. It was definitely a, a performance decision and a, an editing decision Yeah, that I understand what they were going for there. And I understand that they were trying to make it seem like it was, serious business. But the one thing that we never touched on is Stephen Moffat has a tendency to do that. The doctor under Moffat's tenure has had, oh my God, I'm certainly really going to die moments like five times. Right. And never before have we seen this whole Gallifreyan landmine thing, the will. The will, yeah. And it it kind of reminds me, you remember the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation, whenever a Klingon died, all the other Klingons would scream mm-hmm. to warn Stovokor that they were coming? Yeah, we saw that in one episode, and it never happened again, even though we saw half a dozen Klingon deaths throughout the episode. Right, right, right. It, it was like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was a moment where I feel like, especially at the end, spoilers, where they jeopardized one or possibly more of our character base with the expectation that they may be dead – I feel like Moffat well, leans really hard on that. Oh my God, they just died. Wait, no, they didn't. Ha ha ha. Uh, there's a, well, there's a couple of things because then the doctor decides he's going to go back and kill Davros, Davros, mm-hmm. um, before he has a chance to do any of that stuff. Thus, thus resetting the timeline. So I think that that's somewhat uh, interesting. And again, it goes back to, and a lot of people were upset about. Oh, great! So the doctor's going to kill a kid. Way to go. Um, I don't know. There's I, more to it than there, that. There I think is. If you, if you break down this time travel story and if you specifically break down that as, oh, my gosh, the hero is going to go kill a kid, I think, first of all, you're not fully committing to the premise of the show. You're not giving, you're not giving uh, good 
grace. You're not coming into it in, in a sense of fair play. And secondly, he hasn't done anything. Right. They're setting up the implication that these things may happen, but they haven't finished the cliffhanger. Uh, and I feel like, you know, Whovians especially, uh, go, don't get me wrong, I'm one of you, but we have a tendency to jump to conclusions based on very little evidence. Sometimes it's right, as when, you know, for 25 years we've assumed and established that clearly Time Lords can change gender when they regenerate. Right. But sometimes it's goofy stuff. Like uh, there was one point where somebody asked the doctor, how many times can you regenerate? He said 507 offhand, what seemed like just kind of a flippant little joke. And then the fandom erupted with arguments about how they had changed a beloved premise of the show and things would never be the same without the 12 regeneration limit. And how dare they? Yeah. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Calm down. Have some depth. I like seeing all the different variations of the Daleks uh, show up. There was yes. a, one of the original style Daleks uh, popped up there for a yep. bit. Uh, you just you know why the they had to change the Daleks in the new series? Why is that? The original Daleks were made to play eye to eye with Billy Piper. Ah, okay. Who's like 5'2. And then they replaced Billy Piper with uh, Amelia Pond, who's like 5'10. Mm. So they rebuilt the Daleks to have them be more threatening, you know, to not have the companion yeah. towering over the Daleks, which I thought was cute. Well, sadly, the, uh, out, of, sadly out of this. Yeah, uh, sadly, in all of this, uh, Jenna Coleman is leaving the show. Now, did we see her blow up on screen and she's never coming back? I don't think so. But no, uh, think she is leaving the show this season. She's, she won't make it through the whole season, but she is leaving the show this season so she can become Queen Victoria in uh, a movie or a TV did series. Did they say she would leave during the season? Yeah, that's what the BBC America had put out on their uh, on their list on Saturday. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, coming out last night, or depending on when you listen to this, Monday night. Fox mm-hmm. um, had the debut of Gotham season two. And I got to tell you, it is, it was not what I was expecting in the show. So the story jumps forward exactly a month from the season finale and Bruce and um, Alfred are trying to break into this vault that they found underneath the mansion. Uh, by the end of the mm-hmm. episode, they do uh, penguin has taken over the city. He's, he's the crime boss. Uh, Gordon is out of a job. He gets fired. He was first bumped down to traffic cop and then he gets fired and he has to make a decision. And it's almost, I found there were some interesting parallels between doctor who having to decide whether he's going to kill a kid and Gordon Mm. who has to decide whether he's going to go and become a heavy for uh, the penguin in order to get his job back. Mm. And it's real interesting. And I was a little upset that they went as far as they did with Gordon having to kill someone. But at the same time, Gordon does not try to hide it at all. Uh, He immediately goes and and tells his girlfriend, um, Dr. um, uh, What's her face? Um, (laughs) Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, Leslie. That he that he did something very, very bad. Now, I'm not sure if off panel they had the discussion about what he really did, but she's okay with it because he did it for um, a more noble reason, very much like the same way with the doctor. If he kills Mm -hmm. a kid, is he doing it for a more noble reason? And do you have to make those sacrifices? So I thought there were some interesting parallels in that. Um, It has been nine months or something since Gotham. was filming and the kid that plays Bruce Wayne has shot up very quickly. 
mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting. He is, he is as, he is as tall as Gordon is <laughs> in this in this show. Um, Penguin he's in charge, be six foot five. Yeah, Penguin in charge was uh, very interesting to see. He's still devious. Uh, I thought the Riddler progression of his story was a little bit more interesting, although he didn't get a lot of screen time this episode. We did see the Arkham kids, and we do get to see Barbara uh, go even further into her craziness. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she's not going to become a Harley Quinn in this in this series to the Joker. Should yeah, be. it was interesting. I I'm kind of still mixed on it. I didn't think it was the best premiere because they did a lot of the same things that I, that they did in the in the premiere episode of season one. Um, but this was okay. This was actually good uh, for better or for worse. And I want to see where they go next in it. So for right now, I'm going to give Gotham six episodes and see if it uh, if it holds my attention like it did last season. Mm. Did, is Fish Mooney still in the show? No, she died. That's how um, that's how Penguin took over. He he killed her and pushed her off the into the uh, river. Never to be heard from again, <laughs> which was really weird because, you know, we knew halfway through the season that Fish Mooney was not coming back and right. they created this whole story arc where she had to cut out her eye and get off of a, of a Dollmaker's Island and get back to civilization and then take over. And then finally she bites it in a fight on the rooftop with the penguin. It was really weird. Um, Selena's back briefly. We do get to see her, but, um, this season's going to be all about, and then there's this new heavy, which his name is not Maximilian Zeus, but he has a lot of that in him. He's, he, uh, his office is up on the tallest building there in Gotham. Um, Mm -hmm. he likes to have the windows open with these billowing curtains coming in all the way around. He's got this neoclassical, uh, architecture in the place. And then on the wall behind him is a picture of the gods, you know, like Zeus holding a planet and, and other things. So I, I think he's going to turn mm. into Maxi Zeus later on. I don't know if other people what's picked a, up. What's on his that. name? Oh, I would have to look and see what his name is, but it's not, e- it's not even a derivative of, um, mm. of that. I thought somebody said that, uh, black mask was in season two. Not yet, but I also hear that, um, that the court of owls is going to make an appearance. Ooh. Let me see if I can find this guy's name. Cause I think he's going to be a big heavy for at least a couple of episodes. Uh, is it Theo Gallivan? Yes. That's his name. Theo Gallivan. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. Could have been better. Gallivan. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yep. Uh, Gambit loses its director. Uh, I got a tip last week, last Monday, that production mm-hmm. was in trouble because of the, I was told by someone who knew the crew working in, in Louisiana that they were told to pack up and just go home because the studio wasn't going to pay uh, for the movie anymore or not going to pay right now. Uh, it turns out that, from what I understand, there was a script rewrite that apparently is so good that they want to move ahead with it, but it's caused the budget to inflate. And they, cannot move a, and they can't move ahead with the movie right now, so they had to push it off for a couple of months which means mm-hmm. that the director who was attached to the movie has to leave because he's got another directing commitment. Uh-oh. So um, Rupert Wyatt is the uh, director, or was the director. Of Didn't he Canada. sing the Pina Colada song? Yes, he did sing the Pina Colada song. Cool. Uh, Channing Tatum's still set to play Gambit, but um, what do you think of this? They, is this movie going to make it to the screen? I, 
at this point, I kind of wonder. I mean, this is the third big schmageggy about this movie. I'm wondering if it's a little bit cursed. Is this a Fox movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox. So this Fox. is the same folks that are giving us Deadpool and that just gave us Fantastic Four? Just gave us Fantastic Four, which is one of the – but they also gave us X-Men and Wolverine and all that. Um, yeah, X-Men but, Days of you know, they may be pretty okay. They may be – paying even more attention to Gambit because of, of the problems that they had with, uh, with fantastic four, but apparently they had a script rewrite and they really like it, but it's going to cost quite a bit more than what the original budget was going to be. And so they had to push it for a few months to get that money raised. I hope it, I hope it, I hope it uh, continues. I kind of want to see it. Um, I'll tell you a movie. I was, is he wearing pink armor and a big trench coat? We don't know. I'm out. I'm sure they until sure they, they will. verify pink armor and a big trench coat. I'm out. I'm sure he's going to throw the cards and talk with a really bad French accent. Oh, that's not Frenchman. I, that's Cajun. I guarantee he's going to Cajun. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee. That's a different accent entirely. Show, I guarantee. You got I tell that, you what, movie, Gambit, Gambit don't talk like this. Is what it is. Uh, yeah, Justin Wilson. Uh, I tell you, a movie I would love to see, but I do not think is going to happen is Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Some website with uh, that had no no other. I don't want to say no legitimate. At all. They're, they had their inside source. And then there was another website that said, well, we also heard this and we also have something else. So the, two sites, the, the, the two sites were bouncing each other, back and forth from each other, trying to get traffic. So I think from the gimmicky standpoint of the link baiting and everything, it worked because almost, well, every site picked up on it. Uh, and these guys are not, I don't know. Uh, they don't have a, they don't have a track record like others, like deadline Latino review and some of those others. Um, right. but they said that, um, there's a blue beetle booster gold movie coming. It will be a buddy cop movie. Uh, it will be a comedy, but played up, you know, like good buddy cop movies are features the heroes, blue beetle and booster gold. Um, not only that, but Greg Berlanti, who's uh, the executive producer of a bunch of TV shows right now was going to direct and they got, uh, one of the writers from, uh, the Marvel movies to come over and write this movie. When really? you're making up, when you're making up stuff, just <laughs> go so far, just go so far. But when you go over the top and say Greg Berlanti's directing, when he's already busy with three new launched shows this season, he doesn't have time to direct a movie. Mm. When you're talking about they're pulling uh, this uh, writer over from uh, from Marvel to come in and write. The movie, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money to be paying that guy because he's probably riding high, writing Marvel movies. So you really going to do that on a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie? I say awesome. bunk. I say bonk. I say this is not happening in the least. I wish it was. Well, I, you know. I would love to see a good uh, Ted Cord Booster Gold movie. That's you done up in the saying. that's done up in the style of a lethal weapon or a, um, a Turner yeah. and Hooch, or, or a good movie, or a good movie like They Live. I would I would love to or, see that. or a good movie. I would love to see that kind of a movie, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I say no. Well, I say if I see it, when I see it, I'll believe it. But, you know, I, I've said that about movies that we knew were getting made, too. So Yeah. Uh, okay, so those are some of the news items and some of the new things that are coming down the pipe and some of it already here. You can find more over at Majorspoilers.com. 
find a lot of stuff over at Majorspoilers.com. In fact, okay. you can find – I would also encourage you to go check out our YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video, youtube.com slash Major Spoilers Video, where you will find all sorts nice. of cool things, including our Dice Masters uh, tournament that we're doing internally here between myself <laughs> – between myself, Every time my you son, say Dice Masters, I hear that uh, joke from Margaret Show. Rob and Brian, we all sit down and we compete against the compete with the Dice Masters. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out over there. Uh, cool. And then we've also got Lego builds and video plays and all sorts of cool stuff uh, to check out over there. Over at Major Spoilers, if you are looking to purchase something, I would really encourage you to click on that Amazon link there at Majorspoilers.com. It's there on the right side. Or if you're on your mobile device, it's all the way down at the bottom. Uh, Mm -hmm. But click on that link. Anytime you want to purchase something, maybe you want to purchase a a new DVR so you can get all of the new TV season on one uh, on one machine so that you can carry it around with you. Uh, Or perhaps you just need a new TV. Whatever you're purchasing through that link at Majorspoilers.com, you're not going to pay any extra, but a little bit comes back our way and allows us to uh, move this ship forward and do some amazing things. So we really appreciate your support there. Nice. Let us do some reviews. Reviews. I think I will start off this time, Matthew, because we were just talking about Doctor Who. Uh, Right. Doctor Who, Four Doctors, Doctor Who, Four Doctors, number five, comes out this week. It is the final chapter in this big um, anniversary event that Titan Comics was putting out. And I don't know. It wraps everything up rather conveniently. Where isn't that convenient? Where and I forget the girl's name, one of the companions' name. Where last time she was opening up the comic books and she was like, "Oh no!" and then she disappeared. Yeah. Gabby. Yes. Uh, this is a spoiler, major spoilers podcast, so I'm going to spoil it for you. There was a little tiny weeping angel in there. Oh no! And, and what do the little tiny weeping angels do? They weep like angels. Oh no! No, they send you back into the past, right? To get rid of you. And so she gets sent back. This little weeping angel, because of its size, uh, Mm -hmm. had a short timeline jump. So she actually got sent back to the very beginning of this series where she was able to convince everyone of what was going on. And the doctors being the doctors decide that they've got a crazy plan that just may work. And evil doctor and good doctor have to fight themselves until they finally save the day. And And in the end, we find out. Why Eccleston was not part of this adventure. <gasps> oh. So n- in reality, we did get four doctors, but we got really six doctors because you have Eccleston, you had Smith, right. you had Tennant, mm-hmm. you had Capaldi, right. yeah. you had a brief appearance by the war doctor, uh-huh. and then you also had evil Capaldi doctor. So every issue contained four doctors one way or the other. Pretty much. So it's not the four doctors. Nope, it just says four doctors. It is four doctors. Every episode has four doctors. Ooh, interesting. Wasn't there a uh, song? Four doctors now. Wasn't there a song from that from like uh, That's two, the 90s? Yeah, from the I 90s. remember that. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, Two Princes. Yeah, yeah, four doctors. Well, four doctors kneel before before you you. that's what i said now yeah so uh the art was fantastic the art was good like we've always talked about before uh there's a great full color facial shot of gabby in the opening which i thought was just fantastic uh this is neil edwards doing this but i thought the out the gimmick was i don't know a little bit of a stretch even for me as a doctor who fan 
Um, right. And then there's a bunch of other crazy stuff. Like it's like a big box caption that says, you know, I don't want to. I don't know what the exact. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not even. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, it's like fifteen accidents and twelve time travel episodes later, and then we get to the part where it's like, okay, that's done. Thanks. Let's move on. It really felt like that. Wow. Where it's like, yeah, it's just like, oh well, we know what we have to do. We have to go and do all these things, and then you smash cut to them going, well, I'm glad we got all that stuff done. Dun 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 dun. (laughs) Nice. So That's I don't know. It, it's it's it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it did get a little trippy and weird in places. I thought that, as I said before, a couple of times that I thought the out was rather weak. So I'm going to give uh, Doctor Who Four Doctors number five, the final installment of this series, three and a half out of five slices of meatloaf. If you're in it this far, you might as well read it, if only to find out what happened to the Eccleston Doctor. Um, but uh, otherwise, there you go. Hmm, I am interested. Yeah, you should be. I mean, I, I thought that the Eccleston moment was really kind of nice, but, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. And we, we found song. out, we found out the, the reason why the doctor was so obsessed about his comics. There's a little, you know, the little comic backups that they've had in the, in the pieces, they have a tenant going off and shopping for <laughs> little tiny, uh, weeping angels. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What have you got for us this week, Matthew? I got a book from DC Comics. Now, this is from last Secret. Week, right? It's from last okay. Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. From DC Comics. Secret six. Number six. Six times six, by the way, is 36. So Secret six, number six, finally brings together all of the players and explains the secret mysteries of the secret six and the mysterious mysteries and the secret secrecy. And all in all, I think it's really well handled and totally bug nuts. Um, we start on the docks where we ended last issue with the Riddler and a gang of goons, all of whom are wearing Riddler costumes, confronting three of the Secret Six. The others are unconscious. And there is one phenomenally beautiful sequence where Catman and the Riddler are talking and it's kind of that hero talking to the villain to keep him talking thing. Monologuing? Not exactly, because it, it really isn't that. Catman isn't that smart. And all of a sudden, uh, Strix, the former talent of the Court of Owls, hands him a note. And Riddler's like, wait, what does it say? What does it say? Because the Riddler hates a mystery. The note says, should I go or wait for you? And Catman is like, she's asking whether she should kill all your men by herself or wait for the rest of us. And, of course, the Riddler's confused by this until he realizes that Strix is actually killing all of his men. And in a one-page sequence, she single-handedly kills all eight of the Riddler's goons. And I'm like, right there, you sold me. This is an interesting issue. But we discover, of course, I think we went over last issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. Big Shot is actually Ralph, Ralph Dibney. Yep, Ralph the once and future elongated man. Yep. Well, the reason that Ralph Dibney is in this, and the thing that Mockingbird, who is actually the Riddler, has over him, is Sue Dibney. Yeah, she's alive, who, right? She's alive and well, but she's also apparently been either brainwashed or somehow warped by the Riddler to work with him, and she threatens to kill the Secret Six. Now, the thing about this issue that's fascinating to me is, as normal, the fighting ends up with some of the Secret Six fighting one another, 
you know, that happens. And, of course, they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. And then all of a sudden, the seventh member of the Secret Six gets involved. Wait. And takes on the Riddler single-handedly. Seventh member? But it's yes. called the Secret Six. Well, you know, there's Catman. And there's Big Shot, who is also Elongated Man. And there's Porcelain. And there's Strix. And there's Black Alice. And there's the Ventriloquist. But what does a Ventriloquist have... That makes her a ventriloquist, Stephen. Um, she's really creepy. Other and than she that. has the ability to throw her voice. Or um, final <laughs> final curtain at the uh, improv on Friday nights at two a.m. Well, ventriloquist is nowhere to be seen throughout this issue, but about halfway through, the Riddler is ha ha! I have won! I have beaten the Secret Six, and her dummy gets yeah. up. And attacks the Riddler's leg with drills in his hands. Ah. Yes, it's horrifying. It's a puppet so, master throwback moment. So then it is, it is confirmed that he's its own living thing, or is she doing some kind of psychokinesis thing? Dunno. She is not in the issue. She's unconscious, out of frame, most of the issue. So either whatever she can do, she can do it even while her forebrain isn't working, or Ferdy is creepier than we even thought. But the issue has a big uh, kind of explosive ending, and eh, that's not a pun. And it ends with you know a, a kind of a shocking moment that's going to throw us into the second arc. Again, this had some long delays in the first mm-hmm. arc. So the first six issues, I think the last one came out almost a year ago in November. So the first six issues have taken almost a year to get there, but they've been on a monthly clip. And the hook... At the end of this issue, along with the overarching questions of what's going on with Sue, how are these characters going to survive? Can they survive? Are they going to stick together or are they all insane? All of that really works for me. Three and a half slices of meatloaf. This issue is gorgeous. Dale Eaglesham, who got hosed when he drew JSA a few years ago because every issue had an Alex Ross cover. Yeah. And you couldn't see how awesome Dale Eaglesham's work is. He is drawing the heck out of this book, and it really, really works for me. I really good. enjoy it. Three and a half slices of meatloaf. It's a good book. You should buy it. Is this is Gail continuing on this, or was Six Issues her last one? To my knowledge, Gail and Dale are working together on okay. this. I think right. actually next issue has a guest artist, but ah, okay. Gail, to my, to my memory, is sticking with the okay. book. Well, I know her um, Red Sonia run just ended this week, too. So Yeah, that's 18 why I issues know. on Sonia. Yeah, that's really well, good Well, actually, stuff. not just 18, because I think she did a previous arc. Yeah, and then she also did the cool-ass cool, uh, cool ass Swords of Sorrow thing. Swords of Sorrow. Which people should really check out if you want to see uh, pulpy, pulpy female heroes <laughs> kicking ass. Pulpy, pulpy orange juice. <laughs> I don't know if you want to watch it for the pulpy orange juice, because there's not much of that in that. But uh, good. Secret six, number six. You use beer for cooking? You're a monster. Out uh, last week from DC Comics. And yes, Doctor Who, Four Doctors, number five, out this week from Titan Comics. You can find more reviews over at Majorspoilers.com. In fact, tomorrow, depending on where you're listening to this, hopefully you're subscribing to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. But even if you're not, you might want to check out another podcast that we do. It's called Dueling Reviews, where the entire show is dedicated to Matthew and I reviewing one single comic. And this week... We will be reviewing Witchblade number 184 from uh, Top Cow. This is the penultimate issue right before the uh, series ends, 
it's penultimate means. Uh, but right, um, should be fun and interesting to to read. And we've got all of the issues leading up into this uh, final arc. I think it's a three issue arc. So we'll look at 184 cool. and a hit 185 at some point as well. But check it out. We've got a lot of shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Maybe you're familiar with some of them. Critical Hit, for example, is our yeah. RPG podcast, our real play RPG podcast. We've got the Dueling Review podcast, like I mentioned right there. And Matthew and I kind of sometimes deviate into other topic areas as well so if you like hearing us talk and uh, enjoy our conversation Doing do check that podcast do. out uh, finally Friday is our live call-in show that I do every Friday or most Fridays depending on if the internet is working or if the air conditioner right. is working or if my kids are sick or whatever but it's a live call-in show that we stream live on a variety of different things it shows up on YouTube um, burp, burp, shows up on uh, Alpha Geek Radio and TuneIn I believe is where it's at but it's a great chance for you to call in and talk about what's been going on during the week and your perspective on it. I love talking with people all over the world from that. A Geek History Lesson is done by Jason Inman and Ashley Victoria Robinson, where they give you a breakdown on the history of characters from uh, all over comic books and pop culture. We also have this episode, Magic, uh, the Major Spoilers Podcast, Munchkinland, I mentioned Perfect. earlier, is our tabletop gaming show. We're doing a lot more video of that, so you can find that at Major Spoilers Video on YouTube. Top 5 is yep. where we... Uh, Count things down. Count I think things that's, down. That's pretty self-explanatory. The topic's always vary, but they're things. always a lot of fun. And most of the time, there are five things that fit into that category. Uh, we also have... Stephen will disallow my number one. Uh, if you are into listening to interviews, you want to check out Wayne's comic podcast. Uh, every week, Wayne sits down with a comics creator and has an interesting conversation with them. So you want to check that out. Zach on Film, of course, is our movie mm-hmm. podcast, movie discussion review podcast. Good stuff in the last couple of weeks and good stuff coming ahead. So go check that out. And then, of course, we've got the Zach Plays or Stephen Plays videos over on YouTube as well. I've been playing through the DC DC Universe Online. That's been fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm about to do some other stuff as well. I've got another video I should have gotten up last week, but I didn't. It's been a busy couple of weeks for me, Matthew. (laughs) It's been that time of year. You know, we're transitioning into the school year. And September, you got to pay your tags and all like that. Oh, my God. Thanks for reminding me. I have got to go get that done tomorrow. Yes. Told you. Ugh. Nobody I forgot all about that. Hey, man, I totally forgot about mine until I told you. <laughs> Major spoilers, uh, poll of the week is something that we haven't forgotten about. No, we haven't forgotten the poll of the week. week we forgot week, it last week. week. We forgot it last week because I, I, I was expecting you an interest. I intentionally went past it. No, I just, I hadn't put it in the show notes. So I forgot that we were talking about uh, what is better, Star Wars or Star Trek. And I would have loved to have had that con- conversation with Ashley, but maybe we'll have it with Ashley and Rodrigo when they get back on the show. Uh, but this there week, it is the Greg Berlanti edition. Mentioned earlier at Who the top like of the better, show. Star Wars or Greg Berlanti? Yes. Mentioned at the top of the show that the fall TV season has arrived. And Greg Berlanti and Greg Berlanti Productions, I think, is probably the busiest people on the planet right now. Uh, Greg Berlanti is the producer or executive producer of one, two, three, four, five, six shows coming up in the wow. next six months. They are The Mysteries of Laura. Super. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about that. Um, I think that's that show with um, Deborah Messing, isn't no, it? Maybe. I don't know. From I just Will saw it. I was like, I have no idea what this show is about. There's Supergirl, Blind Spot, which is the new one that just debuted uh, Monday night about this woman mm-hmm. that they find in Times Square and she's covered in tattoos and each tattoo is about an upcoming murder. Yep. So that should be interesting. Then there's The Flash, which kicks off October 6th and Arrow, which is on the night after the 7th. And then coming in 2016, DC Legends of Tomorrow. But of course, he's got to be in production of that right now. Nowhere in his IMDb right. page did I see anything about Booster Gold 
and uh, Blue Beetle movie. So you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna that? they're gonna stick him in the in that Legends of Tamari. Yeah. I don't know. He he has tried to do. Uh, you may remember, maybe a year ago, eight months ago, something like that. Um, he there was the rumor that he was trying to get a Booster Gold series launched at Sci Fi, and that did yes. not and that did not go. That did not pan out. Apparently, so, Mysteries of Laura is uh, the detective show with Deborah Messing from Will and Grace. Okay. The last time Berlanti so directed anything show. was in 2012, and that was the pilot episode for Political Animals. Never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think he'll be doing a, a Booster Gold movie anytime soon. I would love to see him <laughs> do it, but I don't think it's happening. So, Matthew, yeah, the question great. is, the question is, yes. which Berlanti production are you most interested in of those five? Mysteries of Lore, Supergirl, Blind Spot, mm-hmm. The Flash, Arrow, or DC's Legends of Tomorrow? By a narrow, and I do mean narrow margin, uh, I leaned with Legends of Tomorrow. Because I've seen some chunks of Supergirl, and I think Supergirl's going to be solid, and I'm really looking forward to season two of Flash. But Legends of Tomorrow is a, this unknown quantity, and it's a team show. And if they can pull this off, and if they can balance the ensemble... I feel like it has the most appeal to me as a fan of, you know, the 12 person Avengers and the mm-hmm. satellite air mm-hmm. league and the, you know, the Legion of superheroes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I picked because I really want to, and I also want to see this Hawk girl. You know what I'm really, I'm really fascinated about. And this goes into maybe a bigger discussion. I, I also pick legends of tomorrow because I'm, I'm interested in the time travel aspect, the team up uh, aspect of it. And I think if it does well, I think that will kick into a JSA TV series. And I would love to see it, you know, I would love to see a JLI. If you want to get Booster and Beetle together, create a Justice League right. International. I don't know what Just they would do with Batman, <laughs> but uh, at some point they're going to have Pull to him. put Batman into the TV universe. Here's the other thing that's Batman. interesting. Here's the, here's the other interesting thing. Um, Diane Nelson was uh, before a variety newspaper, or, you know, the variety magazine uh, presentation this last week. And she said, mm-hmm. right now we have no intention of crossing over uh, the movie universe with the TV universe. They can stand on their own and we can tell great stories in each. And if we try to do the Marvel method, it's going to con- constrain all of our creativity that we want to do. And I'm okay with that if DC wants to go that way. I am too. I feel like it's a solid approach and it's just as valid as the Marvel approach of making sure that everything fits one singular universe and one mm-hmm. singular vision. Because, you know, we're not going to get something wacky like I don't know, the creeper starring uh, Eric from Boy Meets World. We might. We're not going to get that in a shared Marvel universe. No, not in a shared Marvel universe. No way. No, because it wouldn't fit in. I mean, I doubt we would get a Squirrel Girl TV series in a shared Marvel universe. It's hard to say. I would like to see some crossover between Supergirl and the Flareovers. I I call it the Flareovers. I want to see the the Arrowverse and Supergirl crossover. And here... I'm glad you brought that because this season in Arrow, guess who's showing up? Supergirl. Constantine. Which means, which means because it is the same actor, it means that NBC series is in that universe. Unless he's from another universe, right? Could be from another universe. Which well, is why I'm so interested to see how, which is why I'm interested to see how they do this. Maybe they're just looking at it. Maybe it's just like when you had Constantine over or the Hellblazer over in Vertigo and you have Constantine in the DC comics. Maybe he just appears in Arrow and it's like, hey, I've always been around, mate. 
and hey, they I'm make the no and they make no real reference to anything that's happened over on the NBC series. They just continue on with, "Hey, you guys know who this guy is? You've seen his show. We're not going to make reference to it, but he's now part of this continuity." Right. I'm I'm you so interested. I am so interested to see what they do with that Constantine character and episode because it will tell us exactly how they can handle Supergirl and the Teen Titans series that's going to be over at uh, TNT or TBS or wherever it lands. <laughs> wherever it lands, if it gets made. Yeah. I think it's still going on. Yeah. I think, though, you know, it's kind of like the moment. Do you remember Night of the Doctor where the eighth Doctor appeared for the second time in his 20-year career yes, and regenerated? And as he's regenerating, he called out the names of some of his audio companions and all of the the Whovians and, and I did too went, oh my god, the stories are actually canon now. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all the things that happen to the Eighth Doctor are canon because, quite frankly, they can't be. And also, there's no such thing as canon in Doctor Who. I think that if they use Constantine well, except for that the way they expect it to. That roll down on the screen with. But. Right, right. Well, that's the Twelfth Doctor. That happened. But I think that when it comes to Constantine, we're going to use that broad strokes approach of this character exists, his adventures exist. They may not be the 13 episodes that NBC had. You know, we may reference it may, you know. I don't know if they did like the Newcastle affair and the things that from the comics were big time issues for John. I know well, that they were doing parts of them. I, I know we've never seen any reference to a talking penguin in the Doctor Who TV series. So that's not true. We have. And so it's true and it's real. <laughs> and his name is Frobisher and he is a real companion. He's as real as Sarah Jane. And you can't convince me any different, neener pants, neener pants. But yes, I agree with you. It's interesting to see how they do this. The only worry that I have Which is? is if they want to do Constantine somewhere down the line and Matt Ryan isn't approached and isn't part of it, mm-hmm. even if Berlanti brings us Constantine somewhere down the line and it's not Matt Ryan – is there going to be a backlash? Is there going to be oh, I'm sure. Barry Allen one, two, one true flash arguments everywhere? Because, I mean, it's a very real possibility that they could want to do Constantine somewhere else with a different approach, a different actor, whatever they do. And I, I just worry that we're going to get tied down to the expectation that people have. You realize that whenever they say a female superhero is being cast, the internet screams out as one Gina Carano. I feel like that kind of that kind of thing is an outcropping of a larger problem in that we don't deal well with changes, fans. And if they do have to make a change after establishing this here and there, or if the continuity shifts, or if something contradicts an episode of Constantine, is it going to be an issue for us as, you know, fans and geeks and I you know I just worry I do. I yeah I don't know what uh, I mean I just hope that it's done right and I'm okay with uh, even if uh, Teen Titans is never part of this even if Supergirl never crosses over into any of this mm-hmm. uh, other stuff I'm okay with mm-hmm. Diane Nelson saying hey you know what what we're doing at, at DC Entertainment is different than what Marvel's doing Marvel's doing their thing and that works for them we're going to do yes. our thing so that we're not stifling creativity and I'm okay with that too right I'm okay with both of them because I really you many of our listeners will remember when Marvel said that hey the TV series is in continuity I love that idea because now you had this tie to keep everything together and bouncing back and forth but I can also see right. how that uh, constricts and confines and when you have a she's not really the studio head but when you have the president of the company 
saying, hey, this right. is why it doesn't work for us. It makes a lot of sense when she has yeah. that explanation. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, if we get to a point where somewhere down the line we see a Flash movie with Ezra Pound and it's simultaneously going on with Grant Gustin, I think that we should be okay. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people are going to and, and have been knocking DC for not doing what Marvel did as though, you know, the, the process that Marvel went through is the only way right. to make which a is, movie. Which know? is interesting because, uh, you know, there's always been the Marvel way of writing comics and then there is everyone else's way of doing comics. And so even right. when you look at the comic creation process, Marvel and DC are totally different from one another. Yeah. And, I, and it works and, for each of those companies. Now, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I say for DC, this works for DC. For Marvel, that works for Marvel. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy with both of them. But how, yeah, did, how and, did, I was going to say, how did everyone uh, vote this week in the major spoilers poll of the week? So far. Everyone polls, voted. The poll's only been up for a day. Of the week. Let me check the thing because I close the window. Because I'm really stupid. Doodle -dee -dee. Hey, I'm vamping. Ring, it's my new ringtone. Oh, way. shut your face. Right now, with 56 votes in the hole, wow, it is real short, 57% yeah. of respondents are saying they are looking most forward to Der Flash. Interestingly, Supergirl comes in next with about 20%, 18% of the vote, followed by Legends of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And Blindspot and Arrow are tied at 4% each. Now, that may not say anything with this small sampling style. And of course, only one person has actually heard of the mysteries of Laura, which, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, that's cool. You got to love what you love, man. Thunder Howell says, in order of interest, Legends, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Blindspot, Mysteries of Laura. Though, to be fair, I've never heard of the last two. So, oh, there you go. Uh, Ingrid yeah. says, I'm also interested in Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends, but I've really liked The Flash and do enjoy the show so much that it's one that I'm looking forward to the most. Mark says, I really am looking forward to Supergirl. I just saw the pilot when it was leaked, and I, and I thought I had a lot <gasps> of fun. I have still not seen the pilot. I know a lot of people have. That's I know they lot. showed it at Comic-Con. Ashley Victoria Robinson wrote a review of it up on the Major Spoilers website that you can go check out. Uh, but I'm I am kind of looking forward to that, but I think DC Legends of Tomorrow is going to be where it's at. Um, yeah. Brinning Dragonbread. Is that what it says? He says The Flash. I have yeah. no, I have interest in other series. You know, dra in the Dragonbread is like banana bread. Yeah, yeah. With more scales. That's what happens when your dragons go bad and get all brown and spotted. <laughs> Just throw them into some dragon bread. Mm. Throw them in some dragon it's bread, It's hot yeah. and spicy. Cooks itself. Mm, yummy. Uh, need some cinnamon see. and some walnuts in yep. there. The Flash really gra uh, grabbed me with its and was incredibly enjoyable. Uh, Kirby says The Flash. Uh, George W. says, Shrug, I don't really plan to watch any of them. Boo, George. Um, Come on, George. Yeah. Pick uh, up the pace, George. Which Rolina says, by and far The Flash. I've really enjoyed the series so far. Legends is a close second, though. So there you go. There you go. I love reading everybody's comments, and I want you listeners to head over to Majorspoilers.com. Cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. It's right there on the right column on the right side of the screen, or if you're on your mobile device, it's down at the bottom. Or, as some people have pointed <laughs> out, how come none of the images are showing up on my mobile device? Probably because you're looking at the mobile-friendly version of the website. And if you want to see mm -hmm. it, uh, the full version of the website with all the graphics and all that stuff, somewhere on your screen, probably down at the bottom, it says Show Full Site. Just click on that and yep. it'll show you. But we're trying to uh, make the site friendly for mobile devices. So that means let's check out most of the images uh, for that. But go yeah. go cast your uh, vote in the major spoilers poll of the week. You will see a little. We want to hear you comment. Yeah, there Tell is a little. Things. There's a link right there in the poll of the week that says comment. You click on that. It takes you to the page. You put in your comment and boom, you're off to the races. 
And then you're like, hey, I really don't know what the Mysteries of Laura is, but I'm the one fan who loves the thing. Yep. Exactly. Uh, this That's episode right. of the Major Spoilers podcast is being brought to you by Tweaked Audio. Thank you, Tweaked Audio, for sponsoring this episode. And as a big thank you, here's what they're doing for you, the listener. They're giving you 33% off the price. Head over to tweakedaudio.com, enter the checkout code MAJOR when you check out, and you will get 33% off the price. It's tweakedaudio.com. Nice. Thank you for your support. Tweaked audio.com. Let me use my puker voice and remind you again, 33% off using the code major at tweakedaudio.com. Also want to thank God, everyone who is fun. a major spoilers VIP. Without your help, this show would not be possible. We want more of you to become VIPs. We need 150 of you to sign up by the end of the year. 150 of you to sign up by the end of the year. That will get us closer to our next goal of doing this show live. So you can watch us live, make fun of us, be in the chat room, all that good stuff. Yeah. But uh, I, w- I want to see 150 more of you sign up by the end of the year. Don't wait. People are going to sit there at some point in the future going, well, how come you guys can't do this anymore? And it's going to be, well, we told you we needed support and backing. And they're going to be go, oh, is it too late? And it's going to unfortunately, sadly be yes. The Oompa Loompas have sailed. Just yep. remember, folks, if we do a live broadcast, I could be convinced to turn on my camera and you can see my awesome face. Well, my, my, my big rubbery head. Well, as definitely I say, you can see Matthew's things. big rubbery head. And if you are a major spoilers, gold member, gold, gold member, member, that's at the $10 a month. Uh, every month we do a live chat and this month, Matthew joined us and you did get to see his, his rubbery head there. So, uh, big it was a lot of fun. This yeah. month was a great conversation. I love the conversation that we had this month yeah. on the major spoilers VIP live chat for our gold members. We had, and, had some great fans in the chat room. We had oh, a really yeah, good, good, good call-ins and all that stuff happens each and every month. Here's the thing. If you sign up and, and people have asked me this because we've also got the uh, flash season two coming up. That's only available. That's a premium show only available at our uh, VIP site. Uh, the flash season two podcast, the flashback podcast, every episode, Matthew and I go into detail and in depth on the episode and talk about the, um, inspiration for a lot of the things mm-hmm. that you're seeing in the show. And it's a lot of fun, but you can only get that if you're a premium member over at major spoilers or members.majorspoilers.com. Here's the thing. If you sign up to be a gold member today, you get access to everything, right? So that means yeah. if you want to go and watch the live chat that we just did, you sign up to be a gold member, you log in, there it is for you to watch. If you want to, even if you choose to to only watch or listen to half the shows we put out each week, that's still like forty cents per program. That's ridiculously inexpensive. I know. That's entertainment, man. There are people that are charging, you know, ten, fifteen dollars a month for their premium premium access. We're giving you all of this stuff, and there's a lot of people that have put their stuff behind a firewall. Like, if you wanted to go back and listen to past episodes of Critical Hit, you wouldn't be able to if we had to put everything behind a firewall and make you pay for it. Other podcasts do that. We don't. But we do give you something a little extra, and you will see even more extra stuff coming to the Major Spoilers VIP site, members.majorspoilers.com. Thank you again, VIPs, for your support. All right, Matthew, we are going to talk. um, A couple of weeks ago, we had the Major Spoilers poll of the week was what trade paperback should we read next? Yep. And people voted, and this week we are looking at Impure Blood from um, Nadia Bear and Nathan Luth, I think is how you pronounce his last name. That's how I would pronounce it, yes. Yeah. And this is a webcomic that is collected in trade paperback form. There are three volumes out now, and the series is still ongoing at impurebloodwebcomic.com. So even if you don't mm-hmm. want to use the Amazon link at majorspoilers.com to buy these volumes, which you can, 
Okay, you can go out and buy these volumes through the link over at Amazon.com. Um, you can go over to their website and read it from the beginning. And every page is essentially that webcomic for whatever day that it was posted. Mm-hmm. This is a steampunky adventure. Yes. Are you a fan of steampunk, Matthew? I'm not not a fan of it. I mean, I can definitely see where there are parts of it that people respond mm-hmm. and go, I don't, I don't like that. But that's also like saying, you know, I didn't like watching The Crow because it reminded me of the emo kids in my high school. That's not necessarily a meaningful – sure, it's a perfectly valid response, but it's not necessarily meaningful critique. So, yeah, there's nothing about steampunk that I go, I don't want to see this. So would you say that Order of the Stick is a steampunk adventure? No, Order of the Stick is not a steampunk mm. adventure. No. What's a steampunk a, adventure? Um, what's her name? The the flying girl, the smart girl. Um, the Girl the, genius. Yeah, girl genius. That's like steampunk. That. That's steampunk. Yeah. Would, would the 11th Doctor's TARDIS console be steampunk? Le- Legendary, the Legendary series from Dynamite Entertainment, mm. that's steampunk. Some of those I liked. Yeah. So, Matthew, what's the story behind Impure Blood, or at least in this first volume? Well, we open with a character whose name is Roan, but who is terribly, terribly, terribly treated and who is referred to as the abomination forced to fight in a gladiatorial ring. Right. He's been a when winner for nine sudden, years straight. Yes. And he's, he's basically a big, giant, brutish man who seems to be not entirely human, which also pops up in this first volume who is suddenly spirited away in the night by these strange people. One guy with a cool beard and one little girl who dresses like a beetle and one really awesome girl with a big hat who throws knives. Right. And for some reason, since he is apparently a a half-blood descendant of what are referred to as the ancients, they need him for some sort of nefarious doings, basically. And as the, you know, the first chunk of story opens, we actually see them all in combat, which I think is interesting. It has kind of mm-hmm. a kind of a D&D flair where each of them has their little thing. Um, the, the girl in the red whose name escapes me, but it sounds like something else, is kind of roguish. And then, of course, the woman with the glasses has mysterious abilities that we don't necessarily know She's anything about. She's a magician, about. yeah. You think she's just a magician? She's got ma- she's got magic, she but she's something else. I mean, we find out. I don't know if it's in this volume or later on, but we find out that she's also um, mm-hmm. half half uh, of one of the ancients. She's of mixed descent. Right. And then, of course, there's Caspian, who just seems to be really well connected and kind of a behind the scenes manipulator guy. I don't know if he mm-hmm. has any powers per se, but no, he's just he, uh, he's just the leader. He's a member of the Watchers Council. Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on, and this is 100 pages, so we get a lot stretched out in this story. It feels like we're not a, you know, I think we're probably halfway through the book before we stop getting really sort of introductions to the premise. Right. But, you know, the the basic thing is that there are wheels within wheels and shadowy forces, and for some reason, Roan the uh, not-at-all abomination, because that's a terrible name and it's rude, is somehow key to all of this. And so they're going to bring him in, even though the people think of him as a terrible, terrible creature. And at one point, Caspian's friends want to basically imprison and or kill him, it seems like. Right. So we find out in the lore of this world is that these ancient, these monsters, you know, the 
the the cyclopses and the dragons and the minotaurs mm-hmm. and all those things are mm-hmm. were real and they were above all humans but humans came in and started slaughtering them. And then uh, they figured that if the ancients wanted to continue to live, they would have to breed with the humans. And so that's Mm -hmm. where you started to get characters like Rowan uh, or people just fell in love and, and did their thing and they have happy families. But from the human side in this world, they are treated horribly. And there is a huge message that's uh, pounded into our heads about um, racism or um, Xena. What is it? Uh, Xenophobia. Xenophobia. There's a, a, a class, a classism in play too, yes. mm-hmm. where they're basically treated as second or even third class citizens. You know, his at one point they have him disguised and his hat blows off, and everybody is just like, <gasps> "It's like that scene in Dumbo." Right. Right. <laughs> well, they're they're basically treated as outcasts. They are they are yeah they are non humans, which they're not human, but they are treated as non humans, right. and they treated as as slaves if they want. And depending on whether you're, um, if the ancient was the mother or if the ancient was a father, you're going to look one way or the other. And if the ancient was a father, you look more like a monster. And if you're, if the ancient was a mother, you look more human. And that's why our other character, um, the magic girl, she's able to mm-hmm. get away with a lot of stuff. You can't remember her name. I can't. I don't remember any of their names. <laughs> I actually. Well, I remember three of their names. There's Caspian and there's Ellen, Elnor. That's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. And Roan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the girl in the beetle jacket. Yeah. That's the other main character, really. I mean, her story and Roan's story merge and cross and continue on with one another. And the interesting right. thing is they they are going after some MacGuffin item. We don't really know what that is in this volume, but they have to go mm-hmm. up on top of a mountain to find it. When they get there, they get word in this magic-y little device that uh, Caspian has that the city that they just uh, came from down at the bottom of the mountain has been destroyed, and now this monstering army is coming to the top of the mountain to destroy things mm-hmm. there. Unfortunately, Roan and everybody fight off the the horde, and that's mostly where this Roan. discussion mostly Roan, and that's where the discussion is. Yeah. Well, we need to lock him away. Human, our organization is tasked with locking these creatures up, and they're like, "He just saved us. Why would we do that?" Um, and then they find out that the device is no longer at the top of the mountain, but has instead been moved back to the city that this story started from, and the army is moving. This army of monsters is moving towards the city to attack it and take the device. And yeah. so that's your big long overview of the story, but. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of character building is going on in the, in the, um, and, and I think this is the problem with the story is that this is a web comic and right. we've talked before about web comics that don't come out every day or the, the whole Prince Caspian, uh, issue where not Prince Caspian, um, Prince Valiant, Prince, Prince Caspian Prince is that, is that book where there's, that's a different thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Prince Valiant, where you spend like the first panel or two of every Sunday comic telling you what happened the, the week before. And right. the story moves incredibly slow. In this one, we are told time and time again that um, the the xenophobia is going on, the racism mm-hmm. is going on, and it, they keep repeating that message again and again and again. And we also see this mysterious item conversation pop up again and again and again. And so it becomes a right. little bit redundant from the storytelling aspect if you're reading it in a collected volume like this. But again... This is a web comic, and if you're checking this out every couple of days, sometimes you do need that Prince Valiant reminder of what had happened before. I can definitely see that. And, you know, the way that we read it, I feel 
as much as I love web comics, I feel like it probably reads better this way than it does, you know, a page or a portion, you know, two or even two or three a week. I feel like you get more continuity when you're actually able to read those collected. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Yes. Yeah. And for my point, I didn't necessarily feel like the story was repeating itself. I felt like um, a long time ago I read the um, Dragonlance novels. Mm -hmm. There's like nine of them. Right. And the first one is all set up and establishing. But there's a lot of characters that you establish. And you spend a lot of time with these characters really kind of pointing out the topography theoretically mm -hmm. of their world and where they are and why they stand and how they do what they do. And also, right. you know, heavily foreshadowing yeah, it's, it's, inevitable it's world doom. building. Yeah. World building. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that going on here. And I think that with a slightly smaller cast, we still get really that same amount of world building that, that same amount of maybe things aren't what they seem. I mean, you know, the girls both work for Caspian, but of mm -hmm. course they have plans of their own. Right. And Elnor has something mysterious in her background. And there's another girl with goggles kind of floating around. Yes, she becomes a regular. So I've read um, the illustrator, Nathan Luth, sent us all three of the current volumes that are out. And so I went ahead and read all of them. Nice. The cast gets mm -hmm. much, much bigger as the story progresses. Like, as you know, they always do. I would say, and I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but I want to say it, it at least doubles, if not triples, in size uh, towards the end of the third volume. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and as you find out more about what's going on, I think the, I like the world that this is in. Um, I like some of the themes and messages that are being brought up in the, in the book. Um, and I'm kind of glad that, that this uh, ended up getting getting voted up as the, the one that we read. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's good. I really like the illustrations. I, I, so let me talk about the writing. I think yeah. Nadja Bear did a great job in the writing. I think the story, as I said, was great. I think it, um, for me, it kind of suffers a little bit from the web comic having to repeat stuff. But as you said, the world mm -hmm. building, I'm perfectly okay with. I really like the, uh, the art by uh, Nathan Luth. It did remind me a lot of the folios art to an extent. And maybe, Maybe yeah. all steam, maybe all steampunk art ends up kind of looking the same. I don't know, <laughs> but it just kind of had that kind of a, a feel to me. Uh, maybe not as soft and round as what the as what Phil Folio does, but it certainly yeah. had those moments where I was like, "Oh yeah, that kind of looks like a Folio character or something like that." Yeah, I can definitely see that. I feel like there there are definite influences there. You can see bits and pieces where you're like, "This is this is someone who is aware of girl genius." Maybe even you know, uh, I don't know. Buck Godot zap gun for hire. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily work against it. I think my only complaint about the art really is a complaint about the coloring in the collection. Mm, okay. I feel like the col the coloring is awfully bright. And, you know, again, minor complaint. It's not something that is off-putting to the point where the story is affected. But I kind of wonder if maybe a, a more muted palette might actually really work. Now, I will say that Elnor is great because she wears bright red and she has ginger hair and any sequence she is in, she pops wherever she is. So she'll right, be floating right, around right. and then you'll see Elnor, you know, peeking through a window or hanging around in the background and you'll always get that big, you know, pop of red so you'll know it's her, which I mm -hmm. think is pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, there there are points of it. Uh, at one point, he's in disguise in a big purple hat and a giant green cloak. Yeah, and that's the joke. I get it. That is the joke. That's the only thing they could find was this horrible, ill-fitting, unmatching ensemble, and I'm fine with it. But you kind of, you know, I, I feel like. If I were doing the coloring, I might crank down the maybe just the saturation a notch or two, and maybe that would take care of everything for me. Yeah. But even so, I really like the art. When we get into action sequences, mm-hmm. the action sequences are cool. I really like the body language yes. of the characters where you can see two characters who are of similar build and tell who it is from that body language. That's pretty cool. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that the, the world is uh, – populated with very unique characters. You don't see a lot of them mm-hmm. that look the same. Maybe the soldiers of the town, but only because of their uniform. But, you know, there's funny well, there's funny jokes throughout this thing. Like, for example, when Rowan is escaping from the city, the rule is mm-hmm. if you can escape and get past the gates on your own, you are free. And he does mm-hmm. that, and he's leaping as the sun is rising. He's leaping from the gates, and he's landing, and he falls on his face, and he goes, freedom, and he's laying there in the in the on the ground and goes, it tastes like dirt. <laughs> you know? And then and then That um, was pretty great. Then later and then also when they're trying to help him escape, um, Eleanor, you know, uh gangs mm-hmm. up on this group of soldiers that are having a party. And the at the end of the fight, the one soldier's on the ground and he's like, Oh, this is the worst birthday ever. Um <laughs> that soldier comes back later in volume two. There's a he he returns in in the in the series, so it's it's interesting that they give everybody something unique to say. Uh, there is a unique mystery. This is an interesting world from a steampunky perspective. It's it's all mm-hmm. it's all good. You know, I don't really have anything that's a major major complaint from me. Um, but yeah. I will say that steampunk is not everybody's forte. Yeah. And as introductory chapters go, this one is remarkably complete too. So yeah, I guess it's the, not as though you don't get a a solid beginning and ending. Sometimes with an ongoing narrative, it's hard to cut at a point that makes sense. Well, and I think that's the that's the biggest problem that I had is that I think this page ended I think this book ended a page too late. I think if they would have cut off that last page where she's jumping into the fight, I think you mm-hmm. would have kind of been okay with them arriving back at the city and it's on fire. And then maybe even repeating that first, um, you know, repeating that last page one more time in the next volume to where she's jumping into the fight. But it felt, you know, there's only, there are four standalone issues collected into this volume. And I, I kind of felt like they should have had a few more. I don't know. Maybe it's because in the second volume, it's all about what's going on in the city and the fight in the city and them getting out of the city Right. Maybe they just had to include it this way. I just felt like it was, I mean, it's a hundred plus pages, a hundred pages. Right. Um, I just felt like it ended in an odd place, almost like it's forcing I, you to go read the second volume. I like that cliffhanger ending though. I like the fact that if you, if you stick a to be continued next month in Batman. Right. We, we see that all the time. In but you comics, don't do that in I, a trade though, right? Trades usually contain a complete some arc. Some do. Some, but not often. And... This one, I felt like the to be continued or check out the next volume. And of mm-hmm. course the next volume came out, I think a quarter later yeah. in the next season um, of the year. I don't remember when this one originally came out. It came out, I think in the spring of 2013, 2013. Uh, volume yeah. two came out in the summer of 2013. And I believe volume three came out in the winter of 2013 or spring of 2014. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Eh, I, I guess that's my biggest complaint was that it just felt like an odd place to end it. I kind of like it because, you know, she's basically leaping into that next part of the adventure. Right. Now, I can definitely see where in a collected trade you kind of ask yourself, is this the best place to cut? Maybe it's just the fact that I've been reading the Sailor Moon trades lately, which always do that. Oh, yeah. In like mid-sentence, you know, they'll cut off because the expectation is you're reading the series. Mm. You know, you're going to be coming back next time and they want to give you something, you know, Big. Now, the one thing that I would have done is I might have stuck a caption on that last page that, you yeah. know, just uh, to be continued. But obviously, if it appeared on the website and it just continued into that, flowed into that next volume, right, right. you know, you can see where you, it might be expensive or prohibitive to stick something on there in post-production. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. – uh, this series comes out every Monday at impurebloodwebcomic.com, as we mentioned before. So it's basically mm-hmm. a page a week is what you're getting. Cool. So if you're into that, my recommendation is I enjoyed this story. I enjoyed it fine. Uh, I thought everything was good. Um, I really don't have any major complaints. I thought the art was fine. I thought the writing was fine. Um, but I'm going to say that for our listeners, if you are interested in this at all, go check out the website first. And then if you like what oh, yeah. you're seeing, then support the the creators by buying the books through our Amazon link at Majorspoilers.com. So um yeah. that that's what I would say. Because it's a fine story. I think there's nothing really wrong with it. I would agree. I think that the the only real complaints that I have are more meta complaints about the fact that it's an ongoing narrative. So in this first volume, the title isn't necessarily an implicit issue. I mean, yes, Roan's nature does pop up and there's a big discussion of it, mm-hmm. but it's not something, you know, it's not something where Harrison Ford stands up and says, we have a clear and present. Right, blood. right, right, right. But yeah, yeah no, um, I'll probably go overall, and check. I'll probably yeah. go and check out the other volumes. I mean, they're fine. I want to see where the story goes. Yeah. I agree. I, I think this is pretty solid stuff. I think it's, you know, if you're into that sort of fantasy steampunky, it's not like high fantasy Elves and dwarves and things, but it's definitely got that that influence. It's got something that feels like, you know, some of the best stories I've ever read feel like really good D&D campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This feels like maybe Fate Accelerated, but that's a good thing, too, because mm-hmm. it's not the same party of four people and there's an elf and a dwarf and a ranger and a paladin right, right. but it definitely you know you know, if you're into that this will this will feed to that same sort of thing and the characters are all likable even yes. the ones uh-huh. who are jerks and yes. i think that's a that's a big selling well point and the too. and the good thing is that even caspian who's kind of a jerk and one of the lead characters at least he's starting to mm-hmm. come around because he belongs to this organization that basically says that the the ancients need to be locked up and and have yep. no rights or anything. We should kill him. We should keep him away from humans. And he so has, he, he has comes a around. Device. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does have a texting device. It's pretty cool. Um, and you'll find phone, out. I think it's in. Typewriter in it. I think it is uh, volume three where you find out more about that. But volume two, you Ooh, find out how it works. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the, uh, Nathan Luth sent us all three volumes. Uh, when I found out that it was coming up, he contacted me. I said, yeah, we need to get these. And so he sent all three volumes and they're good. That's cool. um, I think it's a good story and the story continues. But like I said, the cast does, uh, does get bigger, does include people of color, does include other, other ancients uh, as part <laughs> Frank, of the story. Frank Burns makes an appearance yeah, later Frank on. Burns, yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It's good. So, uh, I would say go check out the webcomic first. If you like it, support them and buy the trades. 
Agreed. Uh, I would definitely check out the webcomic because then, you know, you can go, hey, this is awesome. And then you can get that book and you can sit down and read the whole book when you don't have a computer right in your face. Right. Exactly. Which is lovely. All right. Anything else, Matthew, you want to add? Uh, no. All right. Well, smaller, smaller group this week, and that's okay. We know everyone's yeah. busy, and we want to continue to try to crank things out for you. And we do that, I think, with this show almost uh, 50 weeks a year for sure. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think the only time we really skip is we don't right do around it. Christmas. Right around Christmas. Thanksgiving, then, I think we try to do something on that Thanksgiving week anyway with this show. Yeah. But I think it's uh, I think it's the New Year and the um, and the Christmas are the only time that we're really not around because the holidays. Say, I don't so. I don't do anything fifty weeks a year that I can admit to in a public forum. So you know, I do that three sixty five, and that's it for this episode <laughs> of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. And again, thank you if you're a Major Spoilers VIP. Let's get some more of you out there to join up. Huh? Huh? Come on. I know you guys can do uh, it. I, I know uh, how many what? people are downloading and listening, and I think a lot more of you would benefit from becoming a Major Spoilers VIP. We're going to be back next week. Why? Well, because we're here almost every week uh, of the year, and also because we love comics, and we know you do too, and we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm Star Raven, it's like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East. With a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.